let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Bruce. I'm doing good. It was a exhilarating Oilers win, obviously. <clears throat> and anyway, we're in a rush. i got to get going to a hockey game in 15 minutes, so it'll be a little shorter of a podcast tonight. Um, and I want to do it in reverse order. So this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast, Bruce. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I want to start out with my number because I think it's uh, <laughs> the tale of the game, essentially. So the Oilers won six to th- uh, six to three, and we had the grade A shots overall at eighteen eleven for the Oilers. But after Connor McDavid um, slammed back first into the goalpost and left the ice, went down the tunnel, as they say, <clears throat> the Oilers outchanced Pittsburgh on grade A shots from that moment on sixteen to one. 16 to 1. So, and of course, outscored them. I think it's like 5, 5 nothing. Is that correct? Yeah, 5 yes. nothing. 5 nothing. So, <clears throat> the owners were in a, it was like a world of hurt all of a sudden leading into that moment. You know, they had a couple lucky goals. And um, so, it's like, are, is this team going to get it together? Can this, you know, who are these guys? Like, are we back yeah. to 2017, 18? You know, suddenly these, those thoughts are flashing through the minds of some fans, not necessarily me, but I might have uh, had a down moment or two, like, like, like wondering what is wrong. Like I've, I've been pretty patient so far. The grade A shots have been equal all year. Like the orders have, have played fine. You know, they haven't been great, but um, tonight they were great, Bruce. And it was absolutely thrilling. That was, uh, that was 1980s hockey, Oilers hockey uh, at its best. And it was thrilling. So that's my number. You got one? Sixty-one. <sighs> yeah, that's pretty good for sure. Um, numbers. Yeah, I usually didn't think of the number at the end, but I'm going to go with. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with nine shots on net and thirteen shot attempts by Vander Kane in this game. Uh, Evander, he was one of several Oilers who got off to a sluggish start, to put it politely, and who who was in the sin bin when. Uh, uh, when Pittsburgh tied the score, Edmonton's first penalty of the game for a kind of a careless hook, and it might be pretty marginal, but they call those things. And then suddenly everything just kind of turned around for him, and he just was in bull in the china shop mode out there, just running around and uh, making things happen, getting pucks to net, getting pucks to teammates. Uh, delivering hits on opponents. He had three hits in this game, which is a uh, uh, sort of so-so number for him, but uh, he certainly is always part of the physical uh, uh, front of the Oilers and uh, a couple of block shots. So his whole line, and add to that a goal and assist plus two. Um, his whole line on the event summary is a pretty pretty impressive, um, pr- pretty impressive set. And... He had the what the original version of the Gordie Howe hat trick, a goal and assist and a penalty. So he had how nine shots? Four four of them nine were nine shots on net. Four of them were grade A shots as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty nice total in any one game. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of play, if you get off one grade A shot in a game, you're that's not bad. It's not easy to get a grade A shot in the NHL. 
you know, teams, the Oilers get, I think they got about like 13 or 14 a game last year. So right. um, on average, so for him to get a, uh, for him to get uh, four in one game, that was pretty good. And his goal was very nice. Um, that that was quite a pass from Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. And um, quite a snipe. You know, he just got it off his stick very quickly. There was a, He did stick handle it, I think, once quickly. But f- a, just a very quick shot and um, beat the goalie. That was big because at that point, the order, Jack had just finished saying the Oilers were out shooting the Penguins 20-2 to in the period, and the Penguins still had their one-goal lead because they'd scored on one of the two. And Edmonton scored on one of the 20, and you're going, here we go again with uh, uh, Eric Comrie, version 2.0. And a few, just a few seconds after uh, Michael said that, uh, Kane was able to solve Jerry with this quick release that beat him on the short side, and... Uh, uh, the orders were off to the races after that. They pounded home two quick ones right away after that. Yeah, and what goals those were, eh? They were Yamamoto, mm-hmm. uh, Nugent Hopkins goal and, and Drysaddle's goal. Okay, um, my uh, my good thing, Bruce, will be Evan Bouchard's passing. Let me oh. just quickly uh, check this out, FPS, uh, according to our... Uh, he... Um, he he um, made a beautiful diagonal pass to Warren Fogle. Um, he made a great pass to Devin Shore. And earlier in the game, that was in the third period, and earlier in the game, he had set up a long pass, I think it was to um, Nuge, who relayed it to Hyman for a break-in. And mm-hmm. uh, the first great pass of the game was to Hyman, just a great uh, breakaway pass right through the skates. Like he he whipped that puck, maybe he got lucky. There was a Pittsburgh Pittsburgh forechecker who was bearing down on Evan Bouchard, mm-hmm. and he whipped it right through his skates, right on the tape of a charging Hyman, and who was in alone for the breakaway and the first goal of the game. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers are now two and zero, oh, I think, on when they score the first goal of the game. Anyway, Bruce, he ever since he made that great, um, it's two games ago that he made that great play shorthanded where he set off McLeod in R&H. He, he came around that net with his head up, held the puck, and set in R&H and McLeod um, for a goal, shorthanded goal. I think it was McLeod. Right. Ever since then, he's taken off. Like, in terms of his confidence, we're, we are now seeing, I think, something approaching, and, and none too soon, Evan Bouchard's A game at the NHL level. We're seeing for sure. he played it tonight. He's 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 capable of this game. He was he was holding the puck more. He's playing with more confidence with the puck. He's really coming alive and and becoming a playmaker back there. You know, trying to be as dominant a player as he was in junior hockey, having the confidence to to play that way. And um, you know, in my giddiest moments of Bouchard exuberance in the past, I've compared him to Sergei, Zub- Sergei Zubov. And <clears throat> he's he he's not the skater that Zubov was, mm-hmm. but um, his passing, wow, it's uh, it's extraordinary. You don't see him take usually more than three or four strides with the puck, but in those three or four strides, he gets open, he gets his head up, and he wires it, and he, he's just, he's really hitting those diagonal passes, especially, um, I think, tonight, all four of them were, all four of his passes led to grade A shots at even strength were uh, diagonals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the one I really liked was the one where Kulak made the big rush up the up the wing and around the net, and, and uh, he 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 made a, Kulak made a try on that, and he and he uh, 
made a good pass back to Bouchard at the point, and you'd think all the focus would be on letting fly with the shot, and instead Bouch found the winger on the on the far side. Was it Fogel? Was a pretty good was a pretty good pass for a, for a very short. decent. It was short. That, it was short. That was That's short. right. That was short. And, uh, and he got a pretty decent shot out of it. Just how do you see the guy? That's that's what I like because he didn't have a sort of a lot of time to survey the ice, and he he found the guy in the soft ice, wide open, and on the sort of weak side, and uh, turned into a dangerous chance. And that kind of vision. Uh, and that's when I said I really like that pass. The one I liked the most was the one you liked was that lead yeah. to uh, Hyman, which was just uh, fantastic. The unreal. one end zone replaced showed him putting it through the five hole of the four checker right right in a little puck size gap between buddy skate blades and boom 80 footer right on the tape of hyman for the breakaway love it six shots on net six shots on net too yeah for uh bush in this game so it wasn't just passing he was creating and <coughs> and very dangerous what's your good thing bruce uh, well, my, it's an extended good thing. Uh, one is that Connor McDavid got up after getting drilled into the goalpost on a play uh, where he sold out to set up Kyle Yamamoto, who whiffed the puck for the second time in the game. This was when Edmonton was down 3-1. to one, and Then McDavid crashes into the net and doesn't get up for a minute, and then he goes down the tunnel. And things... Uh, Things are looking pretty dark at that moment, but you know the old saying that's always darkest before the dawn, which is what, from astronomical purposes dead wrong, but it's a saying, so let's recognize it as such. Well, the dawn came immediately thereafter with McDavid in the dressing room uh, and the Oilers scoring on the power play. But the good thing for me was that the, the Oilers had one shift in there with McDavid not available where they moved uh, Drysaddle up to play with what had been... Uh, McDavid's wingers to that point, Evander Kane and uh, Kyler Yamamoto, and Jay Woodcroft liked what he saw in the one shift, and he left those guys together. And when Connor came back, he put him with uh, uh, Dry's former line mates of uh, Hyman and Nugent Hopkins. And here's uh, from Natural Statric, uh, the trio of Kane, Drysdale, and Yamamoto played uh, just under eight minutes together with Corsi of 16 to four and shots of 11 to three and goals of three to zero. And Hyman, Nugent Hopkins and McDavid played 509 together with 13 to two Corsi and eight to one in shots. Like both lines were just completely all over the Penguins. I mean, those are shot shares. You know, there's a big mushy middle in, in shot shares, but when you see dominant numbers like that, it usually indicates actual domination. And those lines really clicked and fired it up, and the Oilers were absolutely by far the better team from from uh, uh, not just McDavid coming back, but from actually the moment McDavid went off, as you said originally. Can't hear you. That segues into my bad thing, Bruce. Okay. And I I don't know if that if the line assignments changed, but up until then, Drysdale had been on Crosby, and mm-hmm. had been getting eaten alive by the Crosby mm-hmm. line. And my bad thing is is um, Leon's play on the third goal by Pitt, second goal by Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, Bouchard shoots it in, not a great shoot, and it's at the goalie, yep. so they get the puck. Uh, at that point, though, Leon's closer to the Oilers' net. When the puck starts heading in the wrong direction, back to the Oilers' end, Leon's as 
step or two closer to the owner's end than, than Crosby. Mm-hmm. Crosby races down the ice and joins, creates a three-on-two with his speed and his desire to get involved in that play. And Leon's mm-hmm. uh, behind him. He hasn't, he hasn't, he's not able to get going and catch that player. And Crosby drills it in the net when the pass goes through uh, CC and Nurse. Um, yeah, I don't know after that, after the McDavid's um, absence, if Crosby, if Drysaddle was got a different assignment or not. I don't know if it would have made a difference. Maybe it was just the better chemistry that made all the difference. But Leon was, did not have a good first period. He was um, mm-hmm. a step behind the play on a number of uh, scoring chance plays, especially that one where, I mean, I, <laughs> I know how he would feel after a play like that. He got caught out by a very, very hungry player who loves to score goals and charged up the ice like Leon Dreisaitl does when he sees an opening like that. And Leon just didn't back check like he needed to on that play. Bruce, yeah, well, that was a, that was a weird one. That, uh, <clears throat> the, um, Bouchard dumped it right in on Jerry, and Jerry turned it around with a long stretch pass, and he caught all nice. three Oilers forwards and and uh, uh, and only the two D-men back. And then I thought Nurse made the wrong read and went to the wrong side of the ice and. Uh, Drysaddle was not as fast back as, as Crosby, but nobody covered Crosby, and that's generally a mistake. <laughs> uh, turned out to be in that play. Uh, Leon bounced back fairly nicely. I see he was named first star tonight, David, so he must have done something right along the way. <laughs> he sure scored a nice goal, Bruce. <laughs> oh, man, was that a beauty. <laughs> that was a great goal. What a great that, goal. Was that ever a beauty? What a nice, what yeah. a nice that was. Yeah. What's your bad thing, Bruce, because we got to wrap up here. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah, my bad thing is... Uh, um, just the, um, just another, uh, slowish start, you know, they got the first goal tonight, which is uh key, but at that point they'd given in three grade A shots before the Oilers got one, they scored on their one and then they gave in the next three or four in a row and it was two to one for Pittsburgh and just thought that it took them just a little bit longer than you'd like to get in the game. And then, but as we say, when the game turned, it totally turned. It was just like a complete teeter totter just went one way to the other way, and it was all Edmonton for, and clearly the better team won on the night. But uh, uh, luckily, Pittsburgh is not St. Louis that can nurse a lead for 59 minutes. So we'll uh, say they got away with their with their slowish early start, and I'm very encouraged as how they finished that game, and I'm looking forward to see if they're going to carry some of this over into the next game. Indeed, indeed. Bruce, thanks for talking tonight. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Good luck in your game, David. Thanks. And sorry, uh, sorry for the truncated podcast, but uh, hockey calls. <laughs> and in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.